Today we continue on in our sermon series for stewardship, celebrating our family of faith. We have looked at the aspect of financial giving when it comes to stewardship, but stewardship is much more than what we do with our resources financially. It's also what we do with our lives and all the gifts with which we've been entrusted. So last week we focused on service, and today we're looking at diversity, and next week we'll be looking at friendship, and we'll be looking at building bonds in the community of faith. There are so many parts that go into stewardship. It certainly is not less than what we do with our finances, but it is much more than that. We are celebrating our family of faith. And what a fantastic family of faith we have. And yet, like any family and like any church, we are not perfect. We make mistakes. We have disagreements and differing opinions. Everyone's needs are not always met. Everyone's expectations can at times be disappointed. And there are always struggles and challenges that we face. But all that aside, we have much to celebrate here at the Neighborhood Church. Now, lest my upbeat and joyful mood be perceived as merely a self-congratulatory patting ourselves on the back, let me say that the richness of our family of faith that we are celebrating today is one of the most Difficult and potentially divisive characteristics of any family, and it is diversity. Diversity. Diversity can either divide and tear apart at the fabric of life, or diversity can enhance the richness and texture of the tapestry of our lives together. Name-calling and labeling are tendencies among kids, but they are also tendencies among adults. When a particular group of people are categorized in a particular way, it can be the occasion for some people to make fun of others, or worse, to actually harm them psychologically or physically. When people don't accept others who are different, they put them down in order to build themselves up. Reaching back in time, we can think of the Jews in Nazi Germany. And my, how it is resurfacing in our time. On a seemingly less damaging front, I think back to the ways that I participated in joke-telling 20 or 30 years ago, where we made fun of people because of a hair color, Sexual orientation, race, need I go on? It's amazing how many people are biased against people for differences. Their looks, their weight. Truly, the list can go on and on in terms of our differences. The point is, kids and adults can be cruel to one another simply because of differences. And so it should not surprise us that there are many forces in our society which are trying to make us the same today. Clubs and social organizations tend to attract people who are alike. Churches 
tend to attract people who are alike, even though we should be celebrating and focusing on the diversity that Michael mentioned in the call to confession. Sunday morning, the Sunday morning worship hour is one of the most segregated hours of the week. We tend to attract people who look like us, have the same socioeconomic background, and who are culturally alike. But our focus today is not to pick apart our faults, but rather to look at how we can celebrate our diversity in every way, but especially as we think theologically and as we think behaviorally. Now, you may not like the KKK, but in a sense, they and the neo-Nazis are trying to formulate the norm by attacking common enemies. And at that level, any decent person is repulsed. But the need to conform and to fit the mold permeates our culture. Now look at something as superficial as the clothing industry. Many people look at what's going on with everybody else around them, whether it's um, hemlines, necklines. For, for me, it's always been ties, you know, the width of the tie. I was uh, shopping for ties a while back, and, and the clerk said something like this. Um, Maybe you want to consider this wild and loud tie. You could really make a statement. And I thought it was supposed to make me feel different and special by making a statement. And I know that if I had purchased that tie, I would have gone out and found somebody else wearing the exact same tie. They would be trying to make a statement as well. Well, I didn't buy the tie. A minister was lecturing his 16-year-old daughter about snobbishness. Remember, he said, we are all of the same mold. Yes, replied the girl, but some of us are moldier than others. And I still chuckle over Rodney Dangerfield's report from his psychiatrist. You're crazy, the psychiatrist said. And Dangerfield protested. If you don't mind, I want a second opinion. And the psychiatrist said, all right, you're ugly too. Diversity often causes a rift between people. And when we see things more completely, it can be the cause for true celebration. You see, I suspect in many of our lives, the diversity to which we are exposed through others adds richness to the fabric and formation of our faith. People who are different from me have pushed me to see things I wouldn't have otherwise seen and to consider changing my behaviors if needed. So let's turn now to our gospel lesson that Bob read for us. Jesus went into the house of a Pharisee to eat with him, someone different from himself. And while he was there, a woman of the city, presumably a prostitute, She came in and opened an alabaster jar and began to anoint Jesus' feet. He didn't repel her because she was different or beneath him. He accepted her gift and he simply loved her. Now the Pharisee made a snap decision that Jesus could not have been a prophet of any renown 
if he would allow himself to be touched by that kind of a woman. She was a sinner. But then, who of us isn't? Jesus affirmed her gracious generosity, and he loved her toward wholeness. He loved her toward wholeness. Jesus wasn't worried about what people thought of him or what they said about him. He shared his presence with Pharisee and prostitute alike. He dared to be different, not by making a statement with what he wore or trying to dazzle and impress people. Jesus dared to be different through the depth of his caring. Through the depth of his caring. One of our best-known presidents dared to be different. Do you know and remember that Abraham Lincoln was called a gorilla and a buffoon? He was labeled by one of his peers as an embarrassment to the republic. I wish I could tell you who those critics were, but nobody seems to be able to remember their names. Our country was founded on the freedom of people to be different, think differently, and worship differently. Yet isn't it amazing how so many want everyone to line up on the right side of an issue? Take abortion, the right to die, gun control, to name just a few. People seem to be so busy advocating their own point of view that they don't take time to really hear those with opposing positions. Whatever happened to truly understanding one another? No one said we all have to agree all the time. In our epistle lesson, Paul reminds us that there is diversity within the family of faith. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for, and get this, for the common good. For the common good. He then goes on to describe some of those different gifts. And the gifts with which God has endowed us are worth celebrating, and they are diverse. And here we're talking about more than things. We're talking about our very lives, our qualities, our skills, our persons. Now, perhaps some of us don't feel like we have many gifts. And we can relate to Peppermint Patty of the Peanuts Gang when she says to a teacher, Yes, ma'am, if this is the school for gifted children, I'd like to enroll. Do I think I'm gifted? Hmm, I'm not sure. I usually get a few things for my birthday and for Christmas, but that's about it. One of the twin-edged responsibilities of this passage from Paul is to both know and use our gifts on the one hand and to affirm different gifts in others. Both. Not just focusing on our own gifts, but to affirm differing gifts in others. And that's the beauty, that's the richness of diversity in our family of faith. So when was the last time that you stopped to think of the gifts of your person that make you uniquely you, which God in your very creation and development has given you? 
Just take a few moments and think about that. You see, one of the basic purposes of religion is to make people different and to give them the courage to be different and to be the beautiful person God has created them to be. E. Stanley Jones was a Methodist missionary in the 20th century, and he told how this courage was given to him. When he was at college, it was the fashion among most of the undergraduates to scoff at anything connected with religion. Some chapel, this is back in the days when chapel attendance was required. Some of you may remember that. One occasion, the speaker at chapel was challenging the students that if anyone was interested to learn more about the religious life, to stay and talk to him afterwards, sort of like our Discover Neighborhood Church session today. Well, as the other students rose to go, Jones hesitated, and a fraternity brother jeered him. Hey, Stan, you going up to see Jesus? The rest laughed, and for a moment, Jones almost weakened, and then he says something shot fire within him. Yes, he said, I am. Later, he told his friends that this was one of the most important moments in his life, the moment when he lost the fear of the crowd. Some of you may remember Robert Schuller. Some of you may remember the Crystal Cathedral. He said, I didn't care for a lot of his theology, but uh, that's okay. We can disagree. But one thing he said stuck with me uh, many years ago. He said, it takes guts to leave the ruts. It takes guts to leave the ruts. And so it does. And so it does. Always remember that you are unique just like everyone else. Two thousand seventeen marks the five hundredth anniversary of the Reformation. The great reformer John Calvin wrote that his convert that by his conversion he was given a teachable spirit. Oh, I just love that, a teachable spirit. Quote God brought my mind to a teachable frame which had been formerly hardened. Wow. Well, let's return to the simple act of the woman which Jesus affirmed and his host made fun of, daring to be different. Jesus certainly did, and the woman certainly did. For he saw in her the rare ability to care rightfully and faithfully, for to love much means to be forgiven much, and so she was. And she opened her alabaster jar and outpoured kindness, gentleness, sweetness, tenderness, love, and care. And surely Jesus wasn't the only one who enjoyed what she did, for the fragrance of the ointment filled the house. Do not our acts, good or bad, give off a fragrance too? We each have been given an alabaster jar, as it were. The very gifts of our person, each distinctive and unique. How, when, and where will we open them? If it is in service, let us serve. If it is in teaching, our teaching 
and in our contribution, generosity. If in acts of mercy and cheerfulness, so often we, we hold on to our alabaster jar waiting for just the perfect time to open it, but we never seem to get there. Perhaps we're afraid that if we do, we'll lose something of ourselves in the process. Variety is the spice of life. Won't you open your alabaster jar today? Lend someone struggling a helping hand. Reach out to someone suffering. Lift someone who is down. Share a dream. Return a smile. Keep a confidence. Listen to a child. Listen to an adult. Say something nice to someone you like. And say something nice to someone you don't like. As Paul says in Romans, let love be genuine. And the word for genuine is literally non-hypocritical. Let your love be genuine, non-hypocritical. Offer, as he goes on to say, hospitality, which is free and friendly space for others. It is respecting differences and diversity in others, and at the same time, daring to be different yourself. Unfortunately, the world and our culture makes too much of our differences, and they get focused to the nth degree, and people so often want to be different in the wrong ways and being special and looking better. Yes, the world makes too much fuss over differences and not enough, difference, not enough focus over differing ways to serve. One of the strengths of our United Church of Christ is that we affirm our diversity in the midst of our unity. We can be as diverse as the day is long, but our unity in Christ is stronger. We each know diversity in our families. Families are complex systems made up of characters, each being what only he or she can be. So, too, in our family of faith. And with all our differences, it is a great family to be a part of because we are each enriched by the other. Friends, we, are, we all come in different sizes and shapes with different backgrounds and preferences and ways of seeing. And in a world that is short on kindness and genuine love and long on conformity to the comfortable, we can dare to be different Through, through having a teachable spirit, God-centered values, and the depth of our caring. And we can open our alabaster jars, sharing our spiritual and heart gifts, our very selves, such that the fragrance of God's grace and love will linger for a long, long time. Amen.